United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to United States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the history of lead poisoning. This week, we are presenting to you our third and final installment of our interview with Tim Pye from the Lead Exposure and Poisoning Prevention Alliance in the UK. I really obviously enjoyed this discussion. I'm sure you did too, Paul. (laughs) I enjoyed his use of uh, acronyms. So, uh, oh, yes, the acronyms. Great way to uh, include LEAP. Yes, that was so good. And special thanks again to Tim, who took time out of his very busy schedule to have this interview with us. So far, I'd say my takeaways are how pragmatic Tim is with addressing this issue. The biggest thing to his concept of deal with the worst first, because mm-hmm. it's just such a big issue and it's everywhere that we really have to narrow down. And obviously kids... <laughs> are the worst first and protecting kids from it. What was some of your big takeaways? You know, I just didn't understand the weight of the concept of dust. And, you know, Mm. this podcast is, I'll totally admit, I'm I'm not an expert in lead. Coming to understand the importance of all the the aspects of this uh, important concern, even with all the stuff that we've gone through and all the things that you've shown me, I did not personally put it all together under the concept of just dust it can be everywhere it can travel anywhere we can bring it anywhere and uh Mm -hmm. so that's one kind of big scary deal but then his pragmatic approach to this is even though it can be everywhere and it can travel everywhere we can't get completely rid of it and he takes a really solid approach which i had not really taken on before this conversation I would love to see a kind of general eradication from all of our products and all mm-hmm. of our living spaces and uh, exposure to children. There actually are steps we could take if we had the will to really mm-hmm. start making some big changes and curbing this thing as opposed to like complete eradication. And since we can't eradicate, then let's just not do anything. Which That's just yeah, com- it's all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> America, all or nothing. Um, going back to the dust and we'll talk about this in our interview with Mark Laidlaw, which will probably be in a couple months, but 
the soil and the dust and the dryness and climate change. And that's something that like I really do believe we're going to be seeing mm-hmm. uh, effects of more that nobody's going to even think of. I think we might even see a kind of benchmark, a cultural benchmark, when being able to picture lead and lead exposure, not as little paint chips and yes, not as, yep. but more as this dust that yep. has a tendency to be around us. That's just something that we can grab onto visually and it'd be more useful than, well, my kid's not eating paint chips, so I, they're probably fine, fine right? Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, you know, because we started talking about how there needs to be this movement of it and the celebrity aspect. He brings up that he was thinking of reaching out to that comedian in the UK who, you know, was diagnosed with ADHD. And I really think that that is where the focus, that intersection And then getting with the cool scientist or graphic designer who can show it doing what it's doing. You said you visually have to see it. I want to visually see what it's doing in here and what visually it's doing to our hearts. The other shocking thing, the 400,000 premature deaths in the U.S. Mm -hmm. from lead. Like, that's fucking insane. And that we've normalized that kind of stuff. Like COVID showed how easy it is to normalize things that can be prevented. It's just mind-blowing to me how preventative care is seen as almost a negative for some people. I think it was last week's episode uh, where we talked about the Gwyneth Paltrow. And I remember remember learning about her most recent... uh, court experience right oh, you know, short, shortly like after I mentioned killer? that. So I, I think it's really funny that that's going out. That's out now with me saying like, what we really need is a Gwyneth yeah. cultural figure. Friendly reminder, we recorded <laughs> we, we recorded all of our these interviews for the next few months in March. So we might have some outdated references or... Yeah. Well, what I was referencing was just the <laughs> nature of her, dated, but yeah, the way that she does goop, where there are these, yeah. there are these just. Re- it's I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say ridiculous. I'm going to say ridiculous products that yeah. offer the jade eggs. He, that's what everyone thinks. That's what I was thinking of. So <laughs> this is going to change your life. This candle is going to change your life. This egg is going to change your life. What if a figure like that was able to offer this? cool cleansing lead pacifying product and that's what happens is like we have this exclusivity and then someone else will pick it up and offer a mocked up product at a slightly lesser price and you know it's just like the gucci bag that you want but it's Mm -hmm. and then it becomes just something you pick up before (gasps) as you're buying something from uh you know in, in in line at the grocery store I can't tell you how many times this happens. And like, I just need to do a montage of me going like where I have this idea. But so both of us have been talking about how we need to monetize it. And that's something with Mark's interview. I I can't wait for that because we definitely dive into that more during his. We're going to be rich. (laughs) (laughs) We just need $40 million to get it off the ground. And then we're going to be rich. Then we're going to be rich. (laughs) But those sticks, the, you know, where you can test stuff. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm doing like TikToks with that and just showing shit full of lead. Right. Tamara Rubin has been showing like stuff like that where she has the stick and we can't all afford her $30,000 device, but yeah, there's gotta be are something like, marketable. They're like 15 bucks for two. That's not even like accessible because that's the thing to remember when we were going to test our plates and it said that mm-hmm. we have to break it. I'm not going to break my plate to see if there's lead in it. There's gotta be an easier way 
even if it's something you can fucking rent from like your local community center or something to test shit. Do you know what I mean? Like there's got to be an accessible way that's still also commercialized. So if people are willing to buy the egg, they're buying it because they want the exclusivity. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a sharper image like product that could test for lead. That's yes. That's what I I mean. I worked at the Discovery Channel store and we sold these little personal breathalyzers. And, uh, oh, I always wanted one of those. Well, uh, you have they, one? Oh, <laughs> you know, this is when we were working at Rock Bottom. I think it was oh. only available. This brand only worked for a certain period of time. And then I think what was happening is there was moisture getting caught in the, the reader or whatever. This just popped in my head. Diabetes tests. Mm-hmm. You know, the old school ones where you prick your finger. That's what I have. Okay. You have the old school one? Okay. Yeah. My grandma had that too. So having yeah. that with lead strips. Yeah. And, you know, there's those companies like Everlywell where you do those mail-in things. And remember when we tried looking up and you could like test certain metals, but lead wasn't an option? Why don't they have that on there? There's a market just knowing your level. And the biggest thing, which again, this is from our interview with Mark, which is coming out in a couple months, but that it changes seasonally. Yeah. Why are we not talking about that? I think I could cobble together some business sense having gone to business school, but oh yeah, uh, but we should talk to a, a real entrepreneur. How would this even look? Why isn't this a market? Some market analyst, some someone who's got boots on the ground with this sort of thinking, and uh, maybe that's a show in the future. Yeah, and like I said, the sticks, and we see you know advances in technology and these crazy mm-hmm. like snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a way for us to detect it easier, more effectively. You don't want to have to prick your finger if you don't want to. Like, I love the dust thing that I want to get my dust tested. I love that, that Mm -hmm. he gave us that option that's reasonably priced. I think he said like 20 bucks. But there's got to just be a way like where you don't have to break your plate. And I wonder if we'll find this kind of corporate-y dance around it where it's... Mm -hmm. That's what I want to know. Is it so prevalent that we actually have to rethink how we're approaching everything? So I'm rethinking how I approach lead. I'm not not in the camp of total eradication, but I can Mm -hmm. see what Tim was talking about. I can see the merit in that and I'm wrapping my head around it. Mm -hmm. But that still means a change in some behavior. And when people are thinking from quarter to quarter and they're thinking about shareholder, what they're going to be able to offer their shareholders, that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to make big changes. Usually it's like, we got to keep things exactly the way they are. And Well, and like he said to that point where he said, you can't present this to people without a solution, Mm -hmm. you know, because all you're doing is spreading fear. If we could find something, you know, with the testing of not just ourselves, but our products in a more easier and effective cost effective way too, people feel more in control of it. And then it would actually hold these people accountable because guess what? Your sales are going to drop when somebody realizes that you have lead in your product and they're consciously aware of it and they know the effects of it. And so it would force the corporations to rethink. That's how we really get it done by not buying shit, which Mm -hmm. is so sad, but like that is how that shift happens. Right. It's the pressure of money. Right. Maybe the insurance companies can will do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Like, how do we get these industries to see the value add? Well, here's the thing, too, I didn't think about. 
So, you know, with all the COVID stuff, how like, cause like, you know, long COVID and this other mm-hmm. stuff that's happening with people and like, they don't want it to be a pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. And with the interviews that are coming up with the mothers whose children have been lead poisoned and they won't mm-hmm. diagnose you with lead poisoning. And I'm not saying the general practitioner who's talking to you about this, but the people who make the rules know right. how many people would have a pre-existing condition if lead was seen in that manner. Might be an entire generation. Like high blood pressure alone. Yeah. Nobody's holding them responsible. And we do have to, like, I I think I told you too, like with my food poisoning, I didn't look at the fucking ingredients on that food I bought. I just bought it because it said vegan on it. And that's really stupid on my part. We're too trusting of companies that clearly don't have our best interest in mind, I guess. Yeah, I think we were talking about a spectrum earlier. I think one, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of different spectrums that people are on, you know, just sort of like, liberal and and conservative, I think, isn't useful. But I think one perspective that I think makes more sense is people who just want to live their lives and people who are completely comfortable stepping on others. Yeah. Lack of empathy. Huge (laughs) class. And that's just it. Our system is not set up for people that just want to come home, watch Netflix, play with their kids. You want a whole class of people that are are like that. We are completely able to do all of this stuff. It's not these crazy ideas. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it's and very rational and logical. I think there are people who are willing to profit off our desire for normality. And then there's yeah, another yeah. group of people that are completely okay with just really profiting off that. And people Absol- that absolutely. They really want normal. And then I think that's a spectrum that makes a little bit more sense to me than conservative and progressive. That's, yeah. It's a balance too. of Or or more, more so, I'm sorry, more so like the Democrat or Republican, because there are a lot of Democrats that are really status quo. They do not mm-hmm. want these things to change. They're saying one thing and then they're signing yeah. bills to drill oil in, where we yeah. don't need to be drilling oil, uh, Biden. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, like, Slipping what are you there. thinking? Like, oh, yeah, well, I got to give something to the people. I mean, the people got these people, these these are the people that really count. Like, I got to I can say this and say this and say this and we're for this and for this. But I got to, like, help their bottom line a little bit. Right. That's the real boss. This is the whole, you know, stuck in your ways, too. When you think about corporations who just refuse to adapt to this new evolution in our society, like we're we're supposed to always be evolving. And like you think, you know, with like energy. Well, it's illegal to do that. You're not thinking about the longevity. You're not governing yeah. your, oh, yeah. your board to have a 300-year-long company. You're governing your board to make profits this quarter for shareholders in the next quarter. It's illegal to do anything other than that. It's really narcissistic. It's really or, uh, psychopathic. Yeah. Well, we talked about that. Remember our first episode on corporations? They're, yeah. they're psychotic. They're psychotic. <laughs> well, I was thinking when you said the capitalist hat, if we kept our capitalist hat on, at some point, we would need to get the strips cheaper and cheaper. And at some point, mm-hmm. we'd start using lead. Lead, yeah. Like, that would be... <laughs> that's, that's when we sign off. Yeah, I'd be like, uh... <laughs> that, that would happen, you know? That would happen. At some point, so we'd be like, well, you know, you're pricking your finger right. to get your blood sample... Of lead. lead. It contains yes. lead. Yes. <laughs> it's just yeah, cheaper. So- I mean, we got to think about the yeah. bottom line, right? <laughs> That's what I love about this new shift in our episodes and doing these interviews, because they really are making us think. I mentioned earlier, we will be having interviews with parents whose children were poisoned and what that experience is really like. 
And then the experts like Mark Laidlaw, who says the very just matter of fact, and you know, that we're not even looking at stuff that we should be looking at. But it's the same thing, you know, like they have this plan, like the Biden-Harris plan, how great it is for water, but they're not even addressing the soil. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not going to, they're going to, if you bring it up, they're not going to say shit. We've already done so much. Look at yes. all we've done. Yes, exactly. But like I mentioned to you before we started recording, that TikTok I saw where that person had a boot and they looked on the bottom and it said that this product may contain lead. And then, you know, with the text of like, I can't believe I thought this was banned. And it's like, it was banned from gas, you know, that you're in this bubble where you don't realize people are getting poisoned with, I mean, that's in the news, like Flint, they did, granted, they did look too young to know what the Flint, Michigan disaster. So it could just very well be that they literally do not understand that. But they brought up like, they're putting this in our products, you know, what the fuck? And it's like, yeah, it's on the bottom of your boot. But so I responded with, you know, we also need to address the 90% of the 10 billion bullets sold every year in the US. And their response was, Well, I get why it's an ammo, but in the products we buy and it's like, what the fuck are you talking? You know, so stuff like that, where it's like to not get frustrated because they don't know, but to show, like you said, the dust when you see the bullet explode and that 30 percent of that just it goes into your face and it goes into the ground or it goes into the firing range that you're in. There's a reason why you smell like ammunition when you leave the firing range. You smell like ammunition. I never went. Do you? I always yeah. wanted to. Oh. Um, oh, they're fun. Guns are fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just it's just people just they don't know. And to not have it in the clickbaity style, you know, to not sensationalize it, but just be really matter of fact about like, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. Here's a link to the sources. You can read it for yourself. Um, it's not coming from the New York Post. So, yeah. So I'm really inspired by Tim. I hope that people will start paying more attention. And if you have experienced lead poisoning in your life, whether it be you or someone you love, or you are very knowledgeable about this subject, please email us at United States of lead at gmail.com. We'd love to talk to you. But for now, let's get to part three of our interview with Tim Pye. regarding lead ammunition mm-hmm. is that something that there's awareness of in the uk as well there was uh, no no <laughs> people know lead is poisonous okay recently there was a shooting range where nine employees got taken to hospital with lead poisoning oh wow one had you know, really amazingly high levels of lead in their blood so uh, in terms of legislation, there is some outdoor shooting. You're not allowed to shoot certain species of birds below the waterline. Again, the EU are bringing in a bigger range of shooting. But us here, people shoot with lead indoor and outdoor. So outdoor clay pigeon shooting so and shooting pheasants, game and things. I think somebody said you, you basically can't buy a pheasant in the UK that hasn't got lead contamination in it because it's been shot with lead shot. Mm-hmm. So our health and safety executive has proposed, and they're doing a consultation on limiting outdoor shooting, but there's really nothing on indoor shooting. Um, mm-hmm. So people just don't realise at all that the bullets not only are made of lead, but they have lead compounds in the propellants. So basically it's exploding in your face.
all we can do is take data from America. You know, I think it was true that the National Guard stopped visitors in their firing ranges because they were so contaminated. You know that? When we did our ammunition episode, there was something related to, Paul, was it the military stopped using it for their practice? Oh, I thought it was that they stopped selling it, but the military gets to continue to use it. Because there would have been stockpiles and stockpiles of ammunition, and uh, they're not going to throw that away. Because, <laughs> yeah, 90% of the bullets here are made out of lead. So it's clearly not something that the ammunition industry isn't just going to go, oh, Sure, we'll switch that. People are now reminded because you can say, well, you can switch it to something else and charge more for it. You know, you can say, okay, we're going to make it out of bismuth or there are alternatives that uh, kill animals just as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the argument we get here is, oh, if you, if you use something else, if you use a steel bullet and it just goes straight through them and the animal's injured rather than killed mm-hmm. them. You get a lot of resistance. Certainly the uh, association who follow um, what's called clay pigeon shooting were very opposed to the proposals that are coming out, just the consultation and just saying it's going to ruin their sport. Paul, you remember that Slovakian pigeon, oh, yeah. clay pigeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were propping her up. It's lead is good for you. Like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Makes yeah. you a great shooter. You see that analysis of the violent behavior comparing shooters and archers. People who use guns and they were saying, okay, people who shoot targets with arrows. And they found that there were more behavioral problems with the shooters than the archers. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're seeing that too, like I said, with the shooting ranges. And if you don't know, and you don't also know what the side effects can be, especially with adults, because we do mm-hmm. have at least that awareness for children. But when it comes to adults, well, I think um, the, the emphasis probably is, if you want to sell things, is on cardiovascular and kidney disease in adults because your brain's not developing the way it is a child's age. Mm-hmm. You've still got those things. And high blood pressure, as you say. Mm-hmm. Perhaps different emphasis across different ages. Yeah, it affects you differently, but it doesn't mean it's not affecting you. Oh, absolutely not. No, it affects yeah. all ages. Yeah, I've got a diagram of a life with lead, which uh, I can share with you. It just goes from pre-birth through the ages of life and how mm. conditions are caused. Is there anything that you think that we didn't discuss that would be important for listeners to know about? Yeah, I was wondering about lead in chocolate. Yeah. This was related to the Californian recommended intake of lead is something like 0.5 micrograms. And I just want to, do you think that's feasible? Because if you were to think of that in terms of, say, water, you couldn't drink what's called safe water. So even water at the level of 15 parts per billion, which is supposed to be safe, it's a tiny bit of water. I did some calculations, so I wonder whether that's just a reasonable expectation. Say if you had 15 parts per billion and drank a a litre of water, you would get 15 micrograms of lead because a litre of water is a billion microliters of water. If you drank a litre of water a day, which is kind of recommended, Mm-hmm. The supposed safe level, you would be taking in 15 micrograms of lead. Whereas and they Cali- said 0.5 is what? California, yeah, the California thing that seemed to be pushed around and why this chocolate thing was being raised. You're saying, well, we're exceeding the uh, Californian 0.5 microgram. I think, too, that maybe because there's certain areas, too, where, you know, we have these safe levels, but those safe levels keep getting lowered. I think the CDC is lowering it from five to three. 
Yeah, 3.5 for global. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not actually supposed to have that budget. So these things keep getting lowered, but not yeah, actually yeah. informing the public yeah, of yeah. that aspect of it. Or having to say that, you know, they're expecting people to go get their filtered water with reverse osmosis and that consumer responsibility is your responsibility to navigate through it. The Earth's crust has 14 parts per million lead. It tends to be concentrated in specific areas, of course, but when you're trying to get out to these incredibly low levels, basically the world, a lot of lead in it. This is where I think you get to this, well, you can never be lead free. We don't really know where lead safe is, so all we can do is drive it down. But I say deal with the worst cases first and don't expect ever to be free of that. Apparently in the UK, they did a survey of children's teeth and found most of them had plutonium in their teeth. Wow. Because we've got this uh, nuclear fuel reprocessing plant in the north of England and it's spread plutonium to everybody. But it's not doing any harm because it's so low, we don't care. And it's that acceptance of everything is everywhere. It's everything how, tends to be everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's how, how you brought up a very good point. So I forgot about Dr. Needleman collecting baby teeth. And yeah, as yeah, creepy yeah. as this sounds, oh, no, maybe weird. there needs to be some sort of system in place where we just start collecting baby teeth and analyzing them from every yeah. state, every country to see what are we needing to focus on? What are the high yeah. levels? Yeah, well, we've got there's a this, uh, in London. There's one of the universities there. They've got a collection of four thousand baby teeth, but they can't get funding to do the analysis. So it, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, just, yeah. well, A for effort. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I really think, though, that would be because I, I didn't even think about the baby teeth until you just said that. Yeah. If you've seen the research from Mount Sinai Hospital, because there was always this argument with autism that do autistic children have picker, therefore mouth things more and accumulate more lead? Or does it work the other way around? Mm-hmm. Children who have more lead get autistic and then the picker. Mm-hmm. And what um, they did in Mount Sinai is they took baby teeth, which form before babies are born. So the first teeth there before they're born. So therefore, a baby in the womb can't have picker. Yep. So then they analysed and found there were elevated lead levels in the teeth of autistic children from before they were born. Wow. Therefore, we can say autism is linked to lead exposure. And that was actually a legal case. A judge decided that was the case. I don't know why a judge is the expert, but anyway, somebody yeah. reviewed it <laughs> and said, yes, there is a case. That was to do with baby food, actually. They were looking at baby food. And yeah. baby I mean, food. that's the wild thing to me is I actually saw it recently. I think it was allrecipes.com, their Instagram. They shared that study, but they made it sound like it was recent. I mean, the studies that we did on baby food, it was 2018. And then I saw lead and chocolate. So I do feel like there's this social awareness, Mm. lowly emerging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like we said, is it an idea of it just being like sensationalized or actually we got a serious problem. And yes, there is lead, arsenic and cadmium in a baby's food. Yeah. Are we going to address this? And the rise, in, like we said, the rise in all of this stuff happening with adults and children, and we're just not going to talk about it? Yeah, that's, well, and they don't talk about it. Why don't we talk about it? Yeah, because when it comes to who can actually make the differences, and I, you know, it really needs to be government agencies, and they're too busy on other stuff. Although mm-hmm. I'm very impressed by the Biden-Harris plan. I mean, that's really... It's really aggressive. Wow, that's really moving things forward. But a big difference in the in the US, the lead pipes are in the service lines, which are basically in the road. Mm-hmm. 
in the UK, the lead pipes are in the houses. So we've got about nine, it's estimated nine million out of 28 million homes have still got some lead pipes inside wow. the houses. That's where you get this thing that it comes down to the individual to solve that problem. We also get problems with uh, lead solder used in copper pipes where they shouldn't be. And two cases of kids being uh, lead poisoned because the plumber didn't follow the rules. It's very expensive in the US, but it's fixable because you don't have to go into people's houses and you know, redecorate and disrupt the lives. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the UK, that's what's involved. So it's hard to do it. Well, takeaway is we got a lot of work to still do. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we thank you for your time and all the unpaid work that you continue to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to commend you on all your work and thank you very much for your time. I, and I want to invite uh, our listeners to, there's a really amazing thing amongst many, many things on uh, the Leap Alliance website. And that is your membership list. I just think that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. You have a real coalition. There are academics and activists and scientists and parents who are right beside all of these other folks. So I'm thinking if anyone can make some change, it's uh, when you get a list like this and a lot of people working together. We hope to, to be a part of that. And uh, yeah, just really want to commend you on all the, all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your time. Okay, so I'm signing off from the United Kingdom of lead. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Which we're just now understanding is pretty high. <laughs> so, yeah, let's work together. Yes. And, all right. Well, thank you so much. And, yes, thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.